Hi everybody, this is Jeremy from In Bed by Night. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you're enjoying the episode and wondering how you can support the show, there are several ways you can go about this. First one would be to leave a rating on your preferred, your preferred platform. Um, the second one would be to leave a review. Um, I know not all not all platforms have the option to leave a review. So if you can't on your platform, um, consider going to Podchaser and leaving a review there. Um, reviews help us get out there, help folks who might be on the fence or looking for something similar to things that they like. Um, just get the show in front of new people. And then finally, um, if you haven't subscribed to the show on, again, your preferred platform, please do so. Um, and also feel free to share it with a friend. Um, word of mouth is such a powerful tool still in the digital age. On to today's episode, and I hope you enjoy it. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome into another In Bed by Nine. It's your host, Alex, here, and Jeremy. Jeremy, as always, how has your week been? My, my week has been good. I cannot complain, not that it would do any good, but... um. As I think we're finally getting getting some wintry type weather. It's getting a little uh little colder and I saw some snowflakes that didn't stick thankfully, but uh yeah, I think it's getting real. I think I think winter is finally here. So uh yeah, we're gonna see cold. I know later in the week we're gonna get down to like uh like one degree low, I think, on Sunday. I know it can change that far out, but it's still ominous. How about you? Uh same thing here. It's uh enjoying the uh early winter weather but where i'm at it's gonna rain it's gonna snow pretty much all night and then it's gonna rain and wash away everything so eh, well, it's freeze and get slick though after that's gonna be no problem. it's gonna stay warm i hope i think i don't know i the kids gotta go to school that's all i gotta say <laughs> i've had them for two weeks they need to get out of here as fast as possible <laughs> so i'm ready for that <laughs> but other than that just uh you know knocking off the winter blues Trying to get outside a little bit, trying to get some sunlight. That's all the fun stuff here. But no one's here, all that sad stuff. We have a guest here that's ready to rock and roll, right, Jeremy? Absolutely. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome in Taze. Welcome in. Thank you guys for having me. I love the rock and roll analogy as as someone who exclusively listens to metalcore and heavy metal. <laughs> love it. First off, we're dads. We always do the pun jokes, so it's always what's going to happen. You get all the jo- the the horribleness of everything put together in one day. I mean, I'm a seasoned dad, and so is Jeremy. So we have fun with it all. All right. So let's see. We'll, we'll use it. Taze the God. Go ahead, Taze. Give us your full mantra. Like, who are you? What do you do? Give us some information. Tell the listeners who you are. Well, you know, that's a good question. I've been a creator for the last 11 and a half, almost 12 years, March 21st of this year will be 12 years. I've been watching the internet really since 2007. So um, I I guess I'm a living encyclopedia of YouTube, Um, which which (laughs) could be good and bad, you know. Um, But, you know, for the the last 10 years, alongside being a creator, I've been in the esports space running an organization called Awaken. worked and helped others build their organizations and their brands while while running my own um and then also you know luckily uh started a a marketing agency that now is a a venture capital fund i've worked with some of the biggest record labels in in rock music and done photography for a lot of great bands um 
done sports and partnerships scouting for you know big name companies like sponsor united and uh just generally uh i i like to think of myself as a nerd and pop culture fan um it's it's taken me 12 years to admit like yeah i'm a nerd <laughs> um <laughs> gotta come to terms with it sometime right well Just... you know like i grew up having autism and so there was always this like thing where it's like okay i'm already going to get bullied for having the autism but then there's like the you know kid in me who's like i'd love to go to a comic-con but then like knowing deep in the back of my mind like 90 percent of people would probably like absolutely chastise me shove me in a locker if they knew i went to comic-cons <laughs> So, uh, whereas like now it's like the cool thing to go to Comic Con, but like all the shows and stuff I cared about are like canceled or ended. So, but um, yeah, that's that's my story, I guess. Wow, I mean, to be honest, you 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 have a lot in that portfolio. Like, real quick, you said like a lot of different things, and like yeah, definitely like all everything around media for the most part, but a lot of different little avenues that you've kind of put yourself into. Yeah. And what got you into all these different spots? So, I mean, the content was really, I wanted to find an outlet, you know, to embrace myself. Like, you know, because of having the autism, I knew I was never going to be academically or athletically gifted. Mm -hmm. um, but like, I, I found something so very, like, interesting and mesmerizing about like a lot of the early day YouTube creators like Smosh, Lonely Girl, um, a, a few of the other channels that were around at the time. Like I, I, I remember every day coming home for like, you know, three years straight and just sitting down and watching like FPS Russia videos back when those videos were being made. And then like remembering like the Epic Mealtime era and when Epic Rap Battles of History first came out and things like those were the coolest things ever. Um, and, and so... That really, you know, was the beginning of it. The esports thing was sort of just, I I think I've always had a competitive nature to myself. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, I, I got, you know, my organization into that in 2015, uh, a couple years after we started. Um, and we, we did very, very well, you know, like beyond what my expectations would have been like, um, at some times it was almost scary how good we were um, from a result standpoint. Um, the venture capital and the, the financial side of things was my grandfather was a investment broker. Okay. So, so like growing up, you know, I would always be on like the investment floor um, here in Lincoln that, that he was at. And like, I, I knew I wanted to start a business because there was business on both sides of my family, essentially. Um, and I think my grandfather probably set me up in, in retrospect because, like, he made these joking business cards for, that had, like, Tristan Chambers, CEO of the investment <laughs> company. Like, it, and it's a multinational company. Yeah. So, like, you know, it's like, don't hand these out. Don't ever, like, do anything with them. But I think, like, just in my mind as a kid, like, that kind of set me up to where it's, like, I want to be able to do that. I want to have the ability to be like CEO of this um, and actually do something that mattered. But um, 
it's because of him that I got into stock investing. And then um, eventually, like I always knew what startups were in venture capital. And so that was just a natural progression of like, you know, I'm good at doing stock investing. What if we do this now? Um, you know, it's a, sort of the same thing. I, I look at something and I'm like, I don't think, you know, if it's not anything medical or like science-based, I think I practically could go into it with like no experience within like one year, probably know most of the people that are doing it for like 10 years. That's confident. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. So, I mean, you have a lot of experience and it makes sense in that because you have a lot of vast experience to get there. When, so let's go back a little bit here. Let's talk and kind of break this down a little bit because it's really interesting. And before yeah. we go any farther, I guess let's start with this. Before we before we hit record, you were talking a little bit about your your name, your tech, yeah. and how you got it, and what. Let's let's start with that. Let's start with the the, the beginnings here. So the softball, I like to say that Jeremy said earlier. Yeah. How did you get your name taste? I got, and how did that kind of resonate? So. The name Taze just naturally came to me. Like a lot of gamer, you know, like toxic gamers will think like, oh, you copied Nature or oh, you copied mm -hmm. Fence. It's like, no. Um, I wish, but like um you know, I it, like I I went by a, a similar name when I was a kid, which was Taser, like T-A-Z-R. Mm -hmm. Um, and and so I think by the time I got into middle school, like I kind of switched it to Taze, and then, like, from there, um, I think it was in high school, like, I don't know who started it when I was in high school, but someone referred to me as a god, or, like, you know, the, sort of, like, casual banter, like, oh, you, right. you're acting like such a god, and and so then I was like, that feels like a very catchy thing, like, it's <laughs> yeah. a very, like, <laughs> cocky, arrogant, but self-aware, and so then, like, I was like, Taze the god, that sounds... Like, you know, very, um, like, out there and, in, in, um, again, confident. So I was like, let's do it. Um, and luckily, like, I've had every social media platform before that um, that I can think of. Uh, and and so, which is another just rarity of mine. Like I, I, I love how like whenever I start a business or like when I started my brand. It's like I have the uncanny ability to like pick a name and then like immediately within like one hour, I end up having like all the social medias for that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, you kind of have to nowadays. Oh, man. Well, you, well, you know, I, I, I like going to go cyber squat right after this and grab all your names. You know, like I'm, I'm working on that because like I had the domain taze.tv. And so like I joked with a lot of people, I'm like, I want taze.tv for everything now if I can get it. You know, if I can't, then cool. Um, you know, and, and there are some platforms where I just have the username Taze and it's fine and dandy. Um, like on Kick, I actually have kick.com slash Taze. Um, I paid mm -hmm. a nice pretty penny for that, but I, I look at it as like it's worth it in long shot. Mm -hmm. No, to have control of your, like you said, of the actual not right. dot something or a bunch of numbers at the end or anything like that. Yeah. That's, that's definitely. Or like, you know, when I lost like twitch.tv slash Taze the God because of the Twitch hack in 2015, I went and made Taze the OG so that people knew like, well, okay, yeah, it's got to be him. Okay. So, you know, um, 
but yeah, like I'm that's sort of where the name Taze came from was and, and then subsequently Taze of God and um I, I just try to remind myself to be humble because and, and like not as cocky or arrogant as like teenage me would have been. <laughs> you know, like mid 2010s esports was like everyone stomping on each other's throats, like trying to shut down each other's orgs, trying to merge one org with the other. And I, I'm I'm gonna be completely honest. Did I do that at times? Absolutely. Um, but that was like I I wanted people to know, like, hey, my organization, we mean business. Mm. So like we we play nice with people, but also people knew like hey You were you were the you were there. Well, you know, like I, I joked to somebody that like I think like three years in we had a team with like twenty thousand followers that wanted to merge with us and I was like, is it going to be under your guys' name or ours? And they're like, ours. And I'm like, no, thank you. <laughs> now, <laughs> like, what were you you know, there was no, like, there was no money on the table. Most people would have taken the offer and ran. I'm like, nope. <laughs> what, um, now you said you guys had, you know, really good results and, and different things. Now, what did you guys have teams and, and compete under? Like, which games and stuff? Um, we had everything from Call of Duty all the way to a lot of the fighting games. I mean, like, I think Call of Duty, CS:GO, League, Overwatch, Dota. Um, I know there were several fighting games we were in. Um, we did m games in multiple different regions too. Um, we did. We had an Apex roster that between creators and players spanned all the way from here in North America, all the way to South Africa. Um, and, and so like, it, you know, that was a, a fun period of time. Um, I, you know, I, I love some of the achievements that we did, like, you know, and even some of them were micro achievements. Like, you know, we were in like a semi pro league of legends tournament in Spain. And for like the first five weeks of the tournament, we were undefeated and then won third place overall. You know, to me, that was, like, the greatest, like, sign of, you know, validation in 2017 because it's, like, we picked up this unknown roster, you know, by North American standards and was dominating, like, big names in, in the Spanish League of Legends market. Um, you know, we were sending teams into... Um, a league called Upsurge, which is now part of the League of Legends scouting grounds. And we were, like, in our first season, we were getting playoffs, you know? Oh, wow. Like, we were getting, like, first seeds and, and third seeds, you know, in the the few years we were in that. Call of Duty, we had always had, you know, some, some success, like, mild success. Like, we always had great rosters, but the problem with Call of Duty brackets is they're, they're, they're very <laughs> annoying to deal with sometimes. Um, <laughs> And you never can tell how like a match is gonna go. Mm -hmm. Um, CSGO, like we've always had like really great things. Like we just had a team last year um that we had for a, a season or so that like I think in Europe for ESEA open got to like top 32 at its peak. Like we wow. you know, we were on a tear for a while before. I you know I have my theories as to why we we didn't do as so well in the back half of the year, but you know that's hyperbole, I guess. But 
Um, and even Overwatch, you know, in, in Overwatch League um, Season Zero, you know, the qualifiers to get into Overwatch League, we actually played Immortals and we made them drop a few points during our scrim with them to the point where we got match fixed by Blizzard admins out of the tournament the next day. You know, like this team of like maybe a couple <laughs> thousand followers embarrassed the team of like hundreds of thousands of followers at the time. And, you know, like we were live streaming and like my captain at the time was live streaming, like him saying the admins are telling us that they needed to go play their first round match while they were on their third round team. So it was like, you know, it, it, those are moments where I look back and I think like, you know, though you can't one, you can't ask for a better story than that. And two, you can't replicate that. No, no. Um, I miss those days when esports, like e- e- esports back then, was still as unprofitable as it is now, but it was like less cost intensive to do it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, like, it was easier to like run rosters and like manage expectations and not deal with like inflated salaries and egos and stuff. But yeah, I would um, imagine. You know, like it was a fun time. I think like even one of the cooler things in the fighting game scene we had was we had a player who we sent to an event there was 1500 single players and out of 1500 single players he ranked 92nd at the end of the tournament and i was like holy shit <laughs> but what, um what game was it i i don't remember um i think it might have been super smash bros uh, you know i i i'd have to go and look back but this was maybe like yeah, six almost seven years ago. Oh, jeez. Well, you've so, been doing this for it says about ten years just in the org itself. I mean, yeah, ten years in the org. Um, March twenty first of this year will be eleven years of running the org. So, um, which was never planned. I did not plan to like start making content on March fourteenth, two thousand twelve, and then a year <laughs> and a week later run my esports team. You know, like thirteen-year-old me when I started doing this, you know, or twelve-year-old me when I started doing this stuff, did not intend to be where I am now. Um, <laughs> so you start wait, just so I, so you started this when you were 12, 13 years old. Yeah, I started content when I was twelve. I started the esports team when I was thirteen. Jeez, I came up with the original idea for uh, Awaken my my organization, sitting in a middle school classroom. As funny as. My best friend that I had at that time, we still keep in touch. And last year, actually uh, texted me on Snapchat and he goes, I still have the documents that you wrote, like the the ideas for like the sniping team and the public match team. I was like, shut the fuck up. It's like, I don't even have this. Like, how do you still have this? It's on the back of our seventh grade math homework. No, (laughs) No. Um, but like I, I burst into tears and I'm not an emotional guy because like I immediately recognized my hand. Right. I was like, yeah, that's 12 year old me right there. That's pretty. That's like, Um, I I, I told him, I'm like, once, you know, like he's in a a bad like situation right now, which I don't want to get into, but um, I told him, I'm like, once you're on your feet, if you could mail that to me, that'd be great. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I have the photo of it, and that's fine enough. But like, I want to safeguard this. Like, yeah, that, that would be cool to have something that you could frame. I mean, that yeah. would be really cool. So, um, 
but like I think that's also just a testament to the fact that like somebody I knew like you know over a decade ago still like was in my corner helping me like being, like I still have this and I'm like insane i'm like i would have expected you to throw that away i'm like <laughs> i i'm like i probably threw away my copy somewhere <laughs> so, what's been what would you say has been i mean a decade's a long time that's a long it. time it is, yeah. what would you say has been like key to sustaining that and just continuing to grow and not lose the passion for it i mean i know you're taking you've taken out other things and done other things but i mean to still be doing that after 10 years is still pretty impressive itself you know i i think about this every day like i take every day you know and, and realize like how very lucky i am because like the average lifespan of an esports or even a content organization these days is maybe one to three years at the most um I think a couple things for me is one compared to like a lot of teams that come into esports and they lose all the money that they put in, you know, sometimes tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars, whatever the case may be. I don't have investors, so I have to solely rely on myself and, and work within the means that I have. Um, and there's this quote that I kind of coined at the beginning of last year which is that the smartest will outlive the spenders. Um, and, and so, like, you know, I understand that, like, I can't just be focused on esports. Like, our main bread and butter is being a content brand and, and helping creators grow and build their brands. And it's widely successful for us. Like, there are some names that I can name drop on here that I've worked with or that I know who, at the time I knew them, were nothing or relatively unknown that are now some of the biggest creators on the planet. And I'm like, the fact that I either worked with you or I barely almost had my fingertips on you is like, you know, the craziest thing. But I look at what a lot of our competitors do, whether you're a hundred thieves, you're optic, you're phase clan. And I go, how can I do what you're doing with a hundredth of the resources? You know, my organization, we have 25 people across staff, content creators, players, etc. That means I don't have 100 people on management alone to deal with sponsorships and activations and media and photography and, you know, whatever else. So I've got to think about, you know, how could I launch this business? How can I do this merch collection knowing, like, my limitations? Um so I think that's the biggest thing. But I think overall, uh, I blame it on California stubbornness because I'm originally from Los Angeles. <laughs> and so Sitting like that traffic. No. Yeah. Um, I, I would say it's partially that like. I am I'm just someone who doesn't give up on things, you know, like most people would be like, hey, look, we had a good run. And I'd be like, I don't care if it's been 10 years or 20 years. There's still something I think that we can do. If there's still an accomplishment that we haven't achieved. I want us to at least attempt that. You know, like, you know, if I, you know, let's say, you know, hypothetically, if I passed away tomorrow, looking back, would I be proud of what I did over the last 10 years and proud of what my, you know, team past, present have, have done? Absolutely. Um, and, and so, like, that's all I try to do is I just try to 
you know, take every day one at a time and realize like how fortunate I am to have people who stick by me, who trust me and, you know, look at me as sort of a, a, a leader to them. That's really cool. Yeah. No, that's really, I mean, I'm taking this all in and I'm looking over your stuff and I'm just, I literally am in awe by just, just thinking of where you started in 13, you know, when you're 13 year old writing, you know, stuff on the back of a book or yeah. notepad. And all of a sudden like, you know what? I've created this massive esport org on a, on a paper thin budget with the concept of we're going to help each other grow and make something out of it. And it, it's pretty big. I mean, you've really got something going on here, which is really cool to see. I think 13 year old me, if I could go back in time without like breaking space on continuum rule, <laughs> just those little like, details. Like I'd be like, Hey, Hey, like I'd probably like tap 13 year old me, or 12, 13 year old me on the shoulder and be like, Hey, look, this is like, I won't say everything that's going to happen, but I'm like, this, you know, like general, like this is what's going to happen in the next 10 years. Brace yourself. That's cool. Um, but I also think it's just the like, I there's part of me that would love to do that, and then part of me who's like, no, let's not mess anything up because like this ride has been crazy and yeah. unpredictable, and it's been fun. Um, I you know I I joke I've been through multiple midlife crises by the time I'm 24, <laughs> so I'm surprised I don't have gray hair yet. Um, <laughs> but. I know. That's cool. I mean, I, I, you can see his hair dye running down the side of his head. No, yeah, it's starting to sweat a little can't bit. can't see it, but we can. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. But I guess, what, guys, this question, what has been one of those biggest challenges with what you've been doing the last 10 years? Like, what has been that moment? You're like, you know what? That, that might have shaken the stubbornness a little bit. Um, Being too trusting of some people. You know, I, I'm someone who... I. I, I I'm to a fault overly trusting of people. Okay. Um, like I, I see the good in everybody, even if that's like not necessarily the best thing to do. Um, and, and so like, you know, there were some people who I brought into the brand, you know, close to the pandemic time frame that um, almost caused the death of, of the organization. And like, that was a very scary time for me. Like what happened if you want me asking? Um basically this person decided to well I, I was in the middle of a live stream and this person who was pretty high up in the in the organization staff decided basically to execute order 66 on us and you know tried to to destroy the entire organization launch a bunch of false allegations and stuff. Um and like get people to dogpile on me specifically. Um, and th that was like one of the darkest days of my life. Like I, I remember, uh, and, and you know, content and trigger weren't like, I almost unalived myself Oof. because I couldn't like, I'm very passionate about And I, I treat this org like it's my child in a sense. So I was like, I can't, foresee myself like making it through the night like watching people on twitter dogpile and dogpile and just like everything falling apart luckily it was because of the support system that i had of the people who knew that like the truth 
were able to pull me out of that and be like, hey, like, you got this. And I was a like able to take care of it. Like, you know, I like most people would have a problem would be like, we're never like living past this. And like mm. this will never escape us. And then like I think in my case, like within like a month, it had all died down. And I was like, the fact that I went from like the lowest point in my life, mentally, emotionally, to like a month later being able to breathe. I had basically, um, through that, uh, you know, failed coup and then some other people leaving, I was like, I'm by myself in management for the first time and I can rebuild this the way that I need to. Um, so like there was just that, uh, that cavalier attitude and, and that confidence of like, screw you. And I'm like, screw every one of you that just shit on me. Like and shit on all the work that you know the people in this organization put into past or present and 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 at that time yet to come, and and so I knew like if I gave up then it's like, well that's you know like that I might as well just quit doing whatever I'm doing in life. So I you know raised my head high and just steamrolled through. And I'm still here. It's <laughs> kind of, it's kind of nice when uh <laughs> after uh Cassius and Brutus stab Julius Caesar, he gets back up. It's always a I think one of the funniest things is like and it was complete valid like valid um or not validation, but um it, it was um uh it it was almost sort of ironic and therapeutic was like one of the people that was tasked with like dogpiling on me. Then I got accused and found like guilty of like many of the same things that person was accusing me of six months later. Mm. So then I, I had a field day with people where I was like, (laughs) you all took this person at their word and they were doing the same things behind the scenes that she accused me of. I'm like, none of you have any legs to say anything about me if yeah. you backed her. So how did you, because you mentioned a lot of the stuff going on on Twitter with the piling on and stuff. So how did you mm-hmm. weather and manage that situation specifically? Um, I just, just didn't pay attention to the criticism. Um, you know, like, you I'm did. a very big person of, like, I know myself. And I know my actions and I know my intent and I know the way I do things. And the people that know me and trust me and know how I do things know the type of person I am. And could easily and categorically say, like, that's not true. I've never seen him do this. That would, you know, some people would be like, that would phase me if, you know, even one of these things was true. Um, and, And so, like, I think it was that, but also just, like, people close to me were being like hey like get off social for like a day anything just stay in your messages talk with the team you're you're fine you're good and i'm like all right um like i made one public statement and i was just like whatever like now it's just rebuild cool yeah i think if you don't don't give them don't give them something to eat (laughs) Like yeah. starve to death when it comes to information and allegations and stuff because if there's nothing there, I think it's a good 
it, it helps to starve out the the drama and then people get bored and look for the next shiny thing sure yeah, it's not fun to pile on somebody if they're not sitting there defending or, or saying something that gives me more of a hey it's another tweet i can go pile on them for so that's pretty cool i like yeah. that approach yeah oh man all right so i'm i'm, I'm taking i'm still going through and processing you're just i feel like we can go for a while here this is gonna be fun <laughs> all right so so we've we've conquered one avenue awaken yeah. yeah and we i mean we haven't we've talked like you have a youtube channel that you've yeah dedicated youtube on i see you're on twitch you said you're on kick too or at least have a, a profile on kick yeah um I feel like looking up your profiles, you're more heavily into the YouTube space. Yeah. Is there a reason why you just like the that platform better? You like to do the uh, video on demand system more than live streaming, or? Um, YouTube for me is just where I started. Yeah. You know, like, I you know I love live streaming. Don't get mm. me. Wrong. I love that real time interaction with people and getting to experience things together like i i love that um you know i i don't do as much of it as i should do mm-hmm. um well you're it's not like you got like four to five other things you're working out well you know like, <laughs> like realistically could i stream every day for three hours a day minimum yeah if i wanted to or at least like monday wednesday friday for three days like like i've always intended as a schedule absolutely i could I wouldn't lose any, you know, traction throughout the day in what I'm doing, you know. Um, even if I were to shift my hours to, you know, late night streams where it's instead of a 5 p.m. to 8 p.m., it's a 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. thing. Like, I'd still not lose any problem with sleep and the other things that I do. Mm-hmm. So I think it's primarily um, just that I'm so comforted by it. Um and and that also like there's that knack of like okay i'm recording this gameplay and then i'm going through and editing it and i'm i'm able to like feel in in that moment like hey this looks great this doesn't this looks great this gotcha. doesn't. um you know like hey you know i can trim 30 seconds out of this you know gameplay that i recorded and make that shorter, more condensed for people to watch. You know, whereas, like, you see a lot of these Call of Duty creators, they'll make in, you know, 16, 17, 20, 22-minute videos to get ad revenue. I'm like, an eight-minute video for me is fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, I don't care about revenue. So, you know. um, I'd love to do live streaming, you know, especially, like, TikTok. Um, that's something I have planned because I, I recently got um TikTok live from a okay. friend of mine who runs an agency and so I was like cool <laughs> um so I might do that where I talk a little bit like more pop culture maybe do some startup discussions maybe do some gameplay streaming from time to time but I'm sort of taking the first couple weeks of the year to kind of decide like where do, do I want to go? Yeah, like where do I want to go with things? Like, what's the pace going to be like? Is it going to be five videos a day on TikTok and you know, just full steam like Gary V, or do I just want to like <laughs> you know work at my own pace? Yeah. All right. All right. So good. It makes yeah. sense. 
It makes sense. And you, you get comfortable with it, you're going to ride with it. All right. I'm going to go through the other ones here just, just so we don't run out of our time here with you. Yeah. So you got Spark, yep. which is your investment company. Yep. What are you what are you what are you looking at in here? What are you investing? What am I investing in if I was to invest? That's a good question. So we invest in everything from early stage. So, you know, uh companies that maybe, you know, you're a founder and you have an idea. Maybe it's your first startup, maybe it's your second idea that you've ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, all the way to your late stage companies, you know. So like I, I talked with somebody on a round table earlier today, and some of the companies I listed or like Substack, Dorvest, Beacons, um, Blue Wire, um, a few other you know companies across different areas. Um, really, the idea is that we invest into founders that have a great vision and want to change the way that we live our lives as people. Um, and, and so, like my favorite investment that we've done of all time was in Skybound, the creators of the Walking Dead franchise. Like to me, that was like. <laughs> As a, as a pop culture fan and as a nerd, I'm like, that's the one right there. I'm like, I'm like, I don't care if I miss a rent payment. I don't care if I miss a credit card bill. I'm like, we're doing this. <laughs> like, you know, um, I'm like, it, it, and I was very lucky that we, I was able to do it. And, um, you know, it, it's been fun. Um, I will say though, that like the timing was, terrible because we did it and then like two weeks later the act the writer's strike kicked in oh and then like one of my favorite shows that they do is a impact winner on audible it's a audio series and literally the day they dropped season two was the morning of the actor's strike uh (laughs) and so like i had a best with a friend of mine at sag and i was like Am I allowed to promote this? I don't have a contract. I am an investor. And they're like, we're asking people not to. I was like, I hate this because I love it. I love the series. I love this season. Um, and I like as soon as the strike, the double strikes were over, that's like the first tweet I put out like at like 1 a.m. in the morning was like, if you guys like haven't seen me retweet about this, like Go listen to this series. It is good. It is great. It is awesome. It's um, produced by Robert Kirkman and um, Travis Beecham, the guy who did Pacific Rim. So I'm like, I love it. Um, so, um, this- so when when it comes to this, I'm gonna to, to kind of ask you when it comes yeah. to Spark. It's something that you're you're taking funds your own or yeah, uh, a collection own. your own i, I have no outside investors no other partners on it um it's only you yeah so you're taking it in and you're like you know what i'm investing in these in these companies yeah. that you believe are positive yeah and then doing this to it oh, so, like i think what's funny is and, and i'll openly admit this and compared to most of the venture world i don't care if your company is re- in pre-revenue or profitable or not i really could care less i expect that if you're a good founder you'll figure a way to reduce your overhead costs your churn rates whatever the case may be mm-hmm. and increase the revenue over time just like i've had to do you know but like for me i focus more on what's the problem what's the market what's the vision 
who are the people that are on your staff or your employees? Like what, you know, you're, you're not going to back, you know, like a, a crypto exchange that you find out like the guys running it are running a car dealership. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is a real thing now that I, I've, I've apparently learned thanks to Netflix, but, um, <laughs> but you know, like that, that's what I look at is like, um, and, and so, um, I think it's also just great, like having conversations with people and getting to talk to them and be like, you know, how can, how can I help you? Like, I don't, you know, mm-hmm. like whatever way I can help you as, as someone who was a founder, I'm like, if I can give back just even a 10th of knowledge or time or effort in helping somebody like to me, I smile and I go to bed happy at night. Like I remember, I was mentoring this one guy who, uh, PhD, um, graduate, like everything was building an AI startup and had never pitched a company for investment. And I, you know, told him like all these things that I would do if I was in his shoes. Cause it was a, a marketplace that connected brands and athletes and, and people. And I told him like two weeks from now, when we do our next meeting, I'm like, I want you to focus on this, 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 and this. And then when we did that, like I pressed record and I let him speak. And within like the first minute I was already tearing up. Cause I was like, you listen to me. <laughs> and, and like, I asked him at the end, I was like, compared to two weeks ago, do you notice a difference in your presentation? He's like, yes. I'm like, done. i'm like you know you you got it you know um so you know that that i think is a a a fun thing as well um but we all we don't just do startups we do publicly traded digital assets or you know crypto projects that are actual viable not your meme coins um and then we you know we're looking at other options as well as time progresses you know whether it's acquiring businesses launching our own um and and that's part of the fun is like you know spark is what i call my sandbox i can do whatever i want and nobody can tell me no yeah maybe podcast you don't you don't just pick up you don't just pick up the ball, you pick up the whole damn sandbox to walk home. Yeah, I yeah. love it. It's a good concept. <laughs> exactly. So, so like a, there should be a, a podcast in the future and part of your portfolio system. Uh, moving on. Uh, so you got that and then and I'm just I'm just I'm amazed by this. So then, then you get graphic or is it is it GRFK? GRFK, yeah. Yes. And this so, is primarily just the idea of creating a so the idea of GRFK is basically, and I joke, it's taking the lessons that I've learned and that I've learned from other people's mistakes over the last 10 to 12 years yeah. and then building a company out of that. Um, oh, a company of mistakes. <laughs> I like it. Well, no, like no, it. no, 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 it's <laughs> what, what so, not to do. <laughs> well, yeah. so, well, it's what to do and what not to do yeah. um, is the lessons I've learned whenever I'm starting a company. Um, but no, GRFK is essentially a diversified content culture and creative company. So we have our own marketing agency, our own talent agency, our own content and production outlet. We have our own merch um, and, and lifestyle initiatives. You know, uh, Spark sort of in proxy works as the venture arm of GRFK. Um, 
and you know so like it's a nice little thing like i i and for me it's sort of like my creative wheelhouse um like we act we act in stealth and which i think is like fun um but like you know i launched the company and within like three months we were generating revenue within six we were profitable And I think, like, expense-wise, so far, we've not even touched $1,000 in the six months since we started the project. Wow. Nice. So, like, that, I think, is an achievement in a, a large capacity. Um, <laughs> if you're not uh, losing money and not no, spending a, a no, whole lot, that's more, I mean, like, I'm the only, like, again, I'm the only employee of the company. So I'm like, I don't have to worry about staff. I don't have an office, so I don't have to worry about overhead. Yeah, so the overhead. You know, um, like, you know, my I paid what forty bucks for the logo, ten dollars for the domain, and went off to the races. Cool. So like, you know, I I look at it like this. Yeah, it can go up, but it can't go down. I <laughs> know. <laughs> I like it. And then the last thing I have on the list here is Creator Page. Is that yeah. yours too? Yeah. So Creator's Page is a talent agency that I, I run, um, which operates um, under both the GRFK banner and sort of as it, it, it's under GRFK, but it's its own separate entity at the same time. Um, because the vision for Creator's Page is really to create a talent management agency that's for creators and founded by creators for the benefit of creators. Um, you know, you see so many talent agencies or YouTube multi-channel networks who will say, yeah, we'll, we'll work with you. We'll give you copyright protections. We'll do this and that for you. But, oh, we're going to take 30 to 40% of your ad revenue. Or, oh, we're going to take X amount of your, your merch revenue. Mm. The benefit of creators page is that we as a talent agency take 0% of any revenue that you make while under us. Everything goes straight to the creators. We don't touch the money. We don't do anything like that. So that way, like, you know, if we were to do a brand deal, let's, you know, let's just say I, I go to Jeremy and I go, Hey, Jeremy, Lenovo reached out. They want to do a brand deal. I'd say, what's your PayPal? I'll have them send you the money directly. Hey, let me send that to you real quick. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, but like what that does is that increases the transparency of like, yes, we're working with you and we're helping you. But at the end of the day, I'm a creator. I'm not someone who came from traditional entertainment or traditional business and then said, how can I make money? How can I get on Business Insider or, you know, the, you know, Forbes 30 under 30? I'm like, how can I help give back to the industry that gave me a career, right? Um, and, and so, like, that's what I focus on. Um, and I try to do the best that I can where it's, hey, you know, getting uh, some opportunities for creators where it's like, hey, and, you know, instead of getting a sponsorship of Razor, what if I just contact one of their manufacturers and get you products that have your logo on them? Or maybe no logo at all, but then we ship these out to people, right? Yeah. Um, like I don't think people realize how 
much they get scammed on the price oh, yes. of the stuff. Like, I actually know the manufacturers for the Shure SM7B microphones. You can buy them single or a single item order off of Alibaba for $150. Those are $300 microphones that Shure sells to you. Mm-hmm. Like, that is insane. You know, that's, you know, double the pro. I mean, that's double <laughs> the cost of what they're buying it for and making you I, pay for it. Well, yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like people have passed it along the chain and everyone's attached their mark their markup to it. And you're cutting a yeah. lot of that out, yeah. which is pretty dang cool. Um, and But, you know, it's things like that. Um. And and then, you know, one of the things that I think is also interesting about us is that we don't just work with creators exclusively, but let's say, you know, you're someone who's not comfortable being in an agency. Maybe you've never been in it. Maybe you've heard the horror stories of being in an agency and being taken advantage of. We'll work with you non-exclusively. You know, we won't give you as much priority as as we do to our, you know, exclusive creators. We'll still take care of you, you know? And, and even and- if it's something where... You need advice on a brand deal. Maybe you need advice on how your your socials are looking. We'll, we'll always help out. Uh, That's cool. So, like, it's just trying to get back to the creator in space and do it in a way that's authentic. I, and I can tell. I can appreciate it just as a creator, you know, ourselves. Like I said, it's not – I mean, I've done, you know, like, content creation for gaming, but just with the podcast – I've had so many "quote unquote" offers to people. <laughs> um, yeah, like you probably have. Hey, hey yeah, come join our podcast network, and we hope that we'll pay you on time. We yeah, we'll give you minimum guarantees that don't, you know, <laughs> like a Ponzi scheme. You exactly, know? and then or or you get the people. Hey, I can tell you what's wrong, but uh, yeah, I can only tell you what it is at this much. This much well, money you know, like I had this, I had this conversation with somebody the other day. They were they're were, you know a, a teenager here locally, I, and um, you know, like the kid wanted help with his social media, and I said, like, I'm not, I'm, I'm gonna tell you honest, I'm not a guru. Whatever you hear of YouTube automation or what number you you know stock you put into people's numbers, like that's all fine and dandy, but like the numbers don't mean anything necessarily. It's like yes. I have a thousand followers on YouTube. However, in my contact list, I've got, you know, executives at Warner Brothers. You know, I'm, so like, make that make sense, right? I'm obviously doing something right. Yeah. Um, you know, I told him, I'm like, you know, you can trust me or you can go on your own. And and I don't and blame you if you decide to go on your own. But, you know, I'm like, I've been doing this for a decade plus. I know what I'm doing, even if I don't have the numbers to show it, because the Call of Duty space is a regurgitated clickbait. Oh yeah, market. I I just make the content because I love it. You know, I well, mean, even Call if Duty, you, it's Cod Four. Even then, like content wise, like you sometimes like I I I started as a live streamer. That's where I was. Yeah. Started with Twitch. Um, loved it. And you know, you know how I, hard I, it is to get recognized. Like it is. It's rich. It's ridiculously hard. And I there's I grinded. I did all the jumping. I did the backflips. I did the the hoops. I did a lot of stuff to try to get to there. The point. I was like, get to the point. I'm I'm tired. <laughs> I'm older. We're older. Jeremy and I. If you don't have notes, we're older people here. You know, I'm to an age where I have young kids and life is tough, and it's hard to get into and really keep grinding the level that you 
need to yeah. to break in is anywhere. So, you know, Jeremy approached me, we did this. So this is my new passion and it works well for me. I like live streaming. I like doing it when I can. It's just podcasts are so much fun because like as someone who's done two different podcasts, um, like it's so much fun. Now I yeah. like, you know, finding guests is always a pain in the neck, but I found a system that works where like, you know, that's where my first podcast was, was purely like bringing guests in every week, talking to them. And that was a pain. Whereas like my current podcast I run, like we talk about pop culture and entertainment and media and startups. And then like we occasionally bring in a guest or like most of the episodes that we're coming out with like this year are stuff that we recorded last year. Mm. Like that we meant to put out last year, but because of me being so busy and life and, and all the things that happen, it's like, okay, well, Hey, we have these now. And then like a year from now we can do like two years in retrospect. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but you know, like I, you know, I, it is something where it's like, I see myself doing this probably until the day I'm like a hundred years old. Oh yeah. Well, you no. definitely seem like you enjoy it, which is, I can't say that about a lot of creators. It doesn't matter what. A lot of creators of are creator. in it for the numbers and the money. And it's yeah. just like, you know, it's like, okay, Activision tires me out for Call of Duty. Okay, I'll go play Watch Dogs. Oh, I'll go play GTA. I'll go play Paladins. I don't care. Well, that's to say, they feel like they have to, like, like you said, they're in it for like a number or just they feel obligated. I've been doing this so long with this game. I. My community, my follower, yeah, it. they're all mm-hmm. gonna go away if I if I don't, and I can't stop. No, I mean but, like that's how I am with Call of Duty on YouTube. Like if I don't post, then I'm like, oh god, like you know, I'll go sometimes three months during the summer without a single upload. I'm fine with that. To other people, that'd be like the kiss of death. Like, hey, I'm walking away. I'm done with YouTube. And I'm like, nope, I'm still here. Yeah. I'm like, Surprise! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you thought I was gone, psych. I'm back from vacation. <laughs> Random video. videos in the next five days. No. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Enjoy the content as I shove it down your throat. Having people ODing on your t- on Tay's content. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, wow. Uh, okay. You can definitely tell that you actually enjoy it because you can hear the enthusiasm and stuff in your voice yeah. and, and the passion. So that's good because you can get, I mean, just having talked to a lot of people over the long time that. You know, because I mean, I have I have Call of Duty videos that are like ten years old, so I haven't you know done like some of the business ventures and stuff. But I've seen so many people just come and go; it's amazing. But mm. to see somebody like you with your with the enthusiasm still, it's like, oh my gosh, this is we have a unicorn. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. I I'm a I'm a dinosaur by YouTube years, I guess. I like that. I like that. I like that. I'm not like early YouTube, but it's like, (laughs) you know, it's like I've been watching YouTube since 2007. I like, I've watched basically since the beginning of YouTube. He's also a medium because we, I guess by YouTube years, we're dead. So he's (laughs) talking to ghosts right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they do. I mean, you've probably seen the end of YouTube and came back from it, hopefully. Um, I hope not. <laughs> um, like I, I don't think YouTube will ever die. No, I'm saying the end. Of, like you were joking at the end of the oh. YouTube channels. You know, the last video. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, um, and it's it's funny how YouTube is. Like, your last video might have been 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. People still find that content today. Like, oh, yeah. Like, Lily Girl 15, first ever web show, you know, whole, um, if you don't remember, it's a web show back in 2006 where they hired an actress from New Zealand to play a 16-year-old girl in front of a webcam. People still, if you go into the comment section of those videos, people are still watching those videos today. I go back and watch them all the time because I'm just like, I want to remember the days back when, like, web shows were cool and, like, you know. Slightly cringy. Like, well, they were cringy, but, like, they were storyline. Then they yeah. had, like, an alternate reality and puzzles, and each character of the series had their own YouTube channel, and you, and you flowed through and you know like everything was single cam shot and you know put together like it was a regular vlog you not like you know the you know sort of heavily edited stuff that it is today um or again you know the cringy stuff like annoying orange or epic rap battles you know but i still love those um <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm ha I'm happy for the Smosh guys. Like and yeah. like I grew up on Smosh. I'm glad that both of them are back and that they're a free and independent Smosh, and you know, getting to do their own stuff without a corporatized company, you know, screwing them over. So like even stuff like that, where I'm just like, hey, the, you know, the content world doesn't always suck. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of coming back. I think you're right. It's not coming back around, so it's kind of good. Yeah. Well, Taze, I know I told you I keep you here for an hour. We're getting close to that hour marker that we started talking. I don't want to keep you more than that. I, I mean, I, I we could probably I, go for hours. Honestly, I, I have all the time in the world. Well, you know? how about this? Well, I think what we'll do is we'll have you come back on and we'll continue here oh soon. Because I think that's I think that we you we've just tapped into the information of Taze. And we can go forever and get more information out of you. But for our yeah. listeners, we we do an hour, and I don't want to keep it any longer than that. And I, I told you an hour, and I keep up my word. So I I, I commend you on that. Like, yes, not a lot of people that keep true to their word, and so like I I appreciate that. No problem. Well, Taze, thank you for hanging out with us. But let me go quickly through a quick bits of news before I let you go here. And I think you may enjoy a little bit of this as well. So our favorite bot, Commander Root, came out and stated. There is a massive fourth quarter turnaround for the Twitch stats. This is the, there's less partners than third quarter than any other thing on Twitch. So the partners have been dropping. So it seems that nearly 2,000 channels have lost partner status over the uh, fourth quarter in Twitch, which is interesting. Not surprising. No. Uh, the update of the attire has been put in there suggesting that, you know, black bar centers are no yeah. good anymore. You know, Jeremy, your cleavage can't be on stream anymore. Just tell us, can I out there? Just make sure you understand. Uh, the big news that came out here, they experiment with 4K, uh, yeah. with NVIDIA and GPU and OBS and NVIDIA being best friends now. And they're coming out with some cool stuff to help, you know, upgrade streaming, which is another reason why OBS is way better than Slobs. I'm going to put it out there, everybody. <laughs> um, Twitch is also working on the blurring the thumbnails for uh, content label for preferences. So if you get those things where you, you know, Jump on you can kind of blur some of those things out there so you don't see everything that's yeah. out there. That's good. I'm good with that. Good job, Twitch. Uh, it was um, needed a very long time ago, though. Yes, but hey, it's coming forth. Danny Boy is doing a good job. I'm happy with it. Take some time. 
Yeah. Got to do break through things. Now, Jeremy, hmm. just so you now know, being a person who lives in Illinois, you cannot live stream while driving. It's extremely legal. I now. know. They they actually passed a law because you know what? There was, I've read in local papers on multiple yeah. occasions people doing that. Literally people because they were on, in some of the couple cases, it was people watching other people's streams. And sometimes yeah. it wasn't the driver necessarily, but in other cases, it was the driver. Like we had somebody like, Five minutes from where I I live, actually crashed into a uh, I it was like a dumpster type thing. They were in a parking lot in a, around a local establishment, but you know, it's kind of open. And they just there's no justifying. They just were busy doing this thing or doing doing this, and they weren't looking this way. And I mean, a low impact, but still, I'm like how dumb? How dumb? It is. It's out there. Um, for everyone looking for the next great uh, sponsorship, like the Mountain Dew situation, Gillette. There's a lot hint, of beards in stream, man. That's a hint, lot of hint. facial hair. Gillette is now out there looking for sponsorship. I don't. I don't plan on shaving this anytime soon. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I mean, this mane that you don't see on the podcast is amazing. Um, but I'm just saying, Gillette, I mean, they got some stuff out there. So just a hint for everyone listening. Yeah. Gillette is looking. Uh, so they got a do thing going on. And then lastly, just because I think it's interesting, nonetheless, uh, Twitter is projecting. Mr. Elon Musk is projecting that he will become a live streaming competitor in 2024 to position himself in a better position than Kick. Not saying much. So, but... so I, I'll give him two... Thoughts. Two cents. So, first one as as far as Twitch goes, um, as someone who has actually spoken to Dan Clancy, has met him personally. Okay. I actually get the sense that he does care about creators and does actually care about the viewership and like experience. Mm-hmm. Um, like this is one like most people would ask him. Like I went to TwitchCon this past year, mm-hmm. and most people were always asking him questions about the platform. And one of the questions I asked, the question I asked him, was I said, "What are some of the lessons that you have learned and some of the challenges?" that most people in this convention center would not realize that you have to go through when leading this company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was very straightforward and honest with me. And like, even, you know, with someone who probably has way too busy of a schedule than most people, he still stuck around and took photos with a lot of other people. Yeah. Um, And, and also the fact that like, you know, there's a really good clip that came around during TwitchCon weekend because like kick was also in Vegas at that time. And there were some guys that, that were IRL streaming on kick and they came across him on the street randomly. And he, you know, while IRL streaming as well, joined in on them and, you know, like stopped by and said hi and, and talked with, with their stream. And I, you know, I thought that that was very, um, like, admirable. It's, yeah, you know, like yeah. I thought that was very like admirable and respectable. And also, just having the ability to say like, look, we're not going to do these exclusive deals that are not going to work out for us necessarily when, you know, Twitch already has the market share. Mm-hmm. Like their biggest problems is 
the fairness in TOS and and bans and suspension, you know, um, and then you know the discoverability. Like those are the two biggest problems with Twitch. Mm-hmm. Um, as for the the last you know thing you you were, um, about Twitter, Twitter, you know, like Twitter actually has been working on live streaming features. So many people don't realize this. You can actually stream from like OBS or Streamlabs to Twitter. Um, and they have a live chat feature as well, both on mobile and desktop. Mm-hmm. Um, I give a lot of credit to Elon, you know, from a business standpoint. Um, you know, like he and I don't agree with things politically or from a you know a free speech or from an AI perspective. And that's fine. But from a business perspective, it is undeniable that he's one of the smartest minds we've ever had. And I'm not just saying that because he and I are both autistic, um, you know, but like I, I mean that, you know, there are certain things like being able to monetize on Twitter. You can never do that unless you had ads on your stuff. Um, the ability to profit in, in other ways, the ability to. You know, first have, I think, you know, the verification system was a very flawed thing, you know, in in the beginning when Elon did it, was, was there a lot of problems? Absolutely. Has it become more refined? Absolutely. It was trial by error. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, you look at the ability to say that, like, you can do all sorts of things, you know, host, you know, you could host an entire podcast if you really wanted to an entire hour long podcast episode on Twitter. You know, like, I think that was something great. Like, you know, yes, whatever you want to say about Tucker Carlson, you know, whatever. Yeah. The ability that a guy could go from, you know, cable news to Twitter post conversations power. generate tens of millions of views natively engage in conversations, monetize, have an entire audience on one platform that practically everyone on the planet outside of China has is a great thing. Do I think Twitter or X is going to be the weed chat of, you know, the, the, the Western world? God, no. Do I think Twitter is going to own half <laughs> the financial system like Elon thinks? No. Like, you know, um, do I think that there's an advertiser issue? Absolutely. But, you know, I think if you look at the things he has done to strip down the company, to put itself into a mode where it can rebuild and build better, he, you know, he doesn't yeah. miss. Yeah. It'd be interesting. Like I said, I, like I said, it's for me when I think about like the streaming world, like Twitch, like I said, already has a lot of the, 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 the market and has a lot of the power. Um, I, I and, I, and I think having how about this? I think there's a lot of different platforms out there that people don't know about that are that are going around. There's a ton of streaming platforms that are there's Live Space, which is doing phenomenally well. Yes. No drama has listened to their creator community a lot, has said we, we're giving you integrations with fourth wall for merch. We're doing night, you know, I think what is it? It's I think, it's a ninety ten it's like a ninety it's a huge split. It's a positive. Yeah, it, like it's split. more than kick. Yeah. You know, um, and, they, and they're the ones also do like a website, correct? For yes. you? Yeah. Um, well, I don't know if they do websites or not, but like, 
Um, well, it's a creator page. Like it's a whole, like a lack of better terminology, like a Facebook page in a way. Yeah. 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 Well, you can do posts and you can do memberships and you can mm-hmm. do all sorts of stuff. And I, I love that. I'm on there as well. Um, because like, you know, I think that's a great platform, you know, and, um, and again, just the fact that like, you know, they're open to talking to people. They're not just robotic and like tweeting out stuff and then like going from there. Um, and, and so like, I think that's something that's really great. I'm sure that they're going to eventually have a problem where like drama kicks in or, you know, as always, yeah. but like, I think like the way that they've handled it is very respectable. Like, you know, the fact that both the CEO or the CEO and much of the executive team are also on Twitter and can be easily reached yeah. is another great thing where it's like, Hey, you know, and you can tell that like these people didn't come from like traditional business. They're people who have like a career or like people that you follow probably follow them. And that's something I look at where it's like, if I follow you and this person follows you, then I'm like, you know, you're a pretty good dude. Um, <laughs> you know, or I like to think that, um, but no, I, I think Twitter would do absolutely well if they did a hundred percent monetization to creators on Twitch. Or, or, or not Twitch on X on Twitter or whatever the, uh, whatever the platform is now yeah. X yeah you, you know um I I do agree with some of the comments though that like Mr Beast made recently was saying that like X could not a- adequately pay him for the cost of what the productions of his stuff are and that's very true you know like hmm. um the sponsorships are what makes M- Mr Beast videos doable. Um, but even then, like the revenue that he's probably making on YouTube in, in CPM and RPM and guaranteed ad slots is like worlds beyond what Twitter currently makes in revenue. Yeah. There's a lot of things that, that they need to set up before. I think, I think it'd be know, interesting for him to say 2024 is going to be the year. I think it's a, it's a stretch. In my I, mind. I mean, I don't know, you know, like, I, I like to say, look, if that's what your goal is, to make this year the best year for the platform, you know, and, and to, to use Elon's own words against him, let the court of public opinion decide at the end of the year, did you hold true to your words? Mm-hmm. It, and did you make the platform the best that it could be, or did you absolutely run it into the ground? You know, it's up for him and... Linda Yaccarino and the people running the platform to capitalize on what they have. So that, All that, right. that's my thoughts on, on current events. <laughs> um, NVIDIA though, I'm happy for them. Um, yeah. Even though I, I worry that NVIDIA is going to poke at it. it I, I, I wonder if eventually NVIDIA is going to end up getting you know, big sticked by, you know, like regulators, because it's like, you know, if they get to a point where they exclusively are relied on by most big, you know, AI companies, most big media, yeah, media companies, then, you know, where is the line on monopolistic uh, behavior? Um, you know, it was one thing when like, hey, you know, TSM in, in Singapore and China, ran out of you know superconductors and nvidia was the only you know global manufacturer that could do it 
it's another thing when it's like, hey, our GPUs are exclusively powering this and this and this and that. And we're doing partnerships for this and this and that. So that that's my thoughts. Yeah. We, we've proved you, you know your information. It's the best part. So like I said, I think we could definitely I, come I spend back. spend too much time on the internet as you can see. We tell. can bring you, we could definitely bring you back <laughs> in and pick on your brain a lot more. I think we got to put you on the, the roster somewhere down the line here in a couple, like the next month or so and bring you back in. Yeah, see. Uh, we'll talk more definitely. <laughs> we yeah. definitely you name the time and date and I'll be there. Awesome. All right. Well, Taze, we appreciate you again very much for hanging out with us and you know providing us with tons of information. Hey, one, oh, sorry. What, what's the leaving parting shot, parting nugget of wisdom? Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, the lead. Yes, I forgot. I was, <laughs> we've gone so far over. T- All right. Before I let you go, I guess what is that small nugget of information that you have not already told us all that you would like to let the listeners last hear from you? Um, that is a good question um <laughs> I, we I, stumped him i all right so i'm gonna give a hot take answer for this okay Ooh. i've said this on twitter i said this on tiktok before the marvel television shows before disney plus came out were better than the 30 plus films of the marvel cinematic universe <laughs> talking agents of shield daredevil agent carter Punisher, Jessica Jones, Jessica Jones, don't Hulk forget and Dagger, that Runaways, many of which you can probably see of like signed posters in my my setup. Yes. Um, you know, like there, there's um, if I, I turn it like you guys can see, like there's a signed Agents of Shield one right to my my left. Nice. Um, you know, there's a Hulk and Dagger one like right above my head, right right there. Um. So like that that is always something I will die on because the thing is is that those shows were so grounded you could feel a connection to those characters. They weren't like these intergalactic beings or these like larger than life figures. These were the people that were, you know, by Jeff Loeb's words, tackling crime and what it means to be adapting to the world and you know fighting villains in their own right. Like, you know, and, and like I, I think that that was why, like, you had Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that lasted seven years and 136 episodes. Why so many people critically acclaimed Daredevil for the three great seasons that it had fantastic. because mm-hmm. it was fantastic. You know, everyone, I guarantee you on Twitter, you said, what's the best superhero fight scene? Everyone's going to send you a gift of the Daredevil hallway fight scene because it was okay. a masterpiece. You know, like, you know, at least that's what I I hope if people have good taste in superhero content. Um, <laughs> my, you know, my other big take, uh, or I guess parting nugget and sort of more of advice, uh, listen to cinematic rock music, you know, whether it's like if you're in the bands and, and movies and like wanting to enjoy the best of both. I find that like cinematic rock has that mm-hmm. they can do a story and tell a story and, you know, dive into characters and universes where you can't do like one of my favorite bands is ice nine kills. They make horror rock. They had an entire album that all the songs were based off of horror and slasher films like Freddy Krueger, Jason, Michael Myers. They told all those songs as if they were characters in that world 
you know, and even the music videos were like that. Like they did a song called Thank God It's Friday based off Friday the 13th. They shot the music video at a, a camp and a, a lakeside camp. You know, and like they utilized um, even um, audio from like Jason's mom from the movies in there. Um, so, you know, and, and there's bands like Starset, which is one of my favorite ones, which are most of the posters in this room, where they tell, you know, futuristic dystopian society that deals with everything from, you know, mind control to brain machine interfaces, which are real technology that we have existing today. And they've wrote comic books, novels, multiple albums everything you could think of in transmedia storytelling and they've done it and it like it's phenomenally great uh the only cinematic rock band that i do not like is tool and i know a lot of people older than me are going to instantly be like you're dumb <laughs> but th that is my uh my parting nuggets awesome. <laughs> parting nuggets i like that <laughs> all right well Again, Taze, thank you for hanging out with us. Thank you for all your information. Again, we'll get, definitely get you back on here because I feel like we have a lot more to dive into. All right, Jeremy, oh, last thoughts? No, I'm good. I was like, uh, Alex said, thanks for coming on. I definitely look forward to round two. So, yeah. Absolutely. You guys name the time and date, and I'll be there. All right, awesome. everybody. And listeners, you know what? See you next time. Oh, yeah. Don't forget. Give us a comment. Give us a look. Give us a heart. Give us a star. Give us anything in between. But anyways, definitely pass this along to your friends. And as always, potatoes.